Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast, Conversations from Being, inspired by the book, The Ultimate Coach, written by Amy Hardison and Alan Thompson. Join us each week with the intention of expanding your state of being, and your experience will be remarkable. Remember, this is a podcast about being. It is a podcast about you. To explore more deeply, visit theultimatecoachbook.com. Now, enjoy today's conversation from B. Ellen D. Thompson, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast. Thanks, mate. This is going to be amazing. You know, the 1st of April is my favorite day of the year. I have, actually haven't seen what pranks they've been pulling out there, but there's been some fun ones over the years. Is it because petrol's like $9 a litre, so it's April Fuel's Day? <laughs> oh, dude, you can't start us off like that. <laughs> I just did. And it's called gas for most of people listening to this as well. Gas oh, is what happens when you have too many beans. Too much Mexican food. That was you and I in Arizona just uh, chowing down on all the best American food. Man, I had Panda Express sometimes twice a day. Like I'd have lunch number one and then lunch number two at Panda Express. So good. I remember you telling me it's an awful amount of (laughs) monosodium glutamate as well, which is gluten, in case people are wondering. What were you doing in Arizona, Alan? Ooh, the big driver was to come over and meet the 120 people or so that I interviewed for Steve's book, The Ultimate Coach. And I thought, well, we had to do all that via video because it was during the pandemic. It was like, it was two years ago now. It was April, May, June, July, August, 2020. And uh, you would know, Laban, it's really difficult to do this kind of stuff, especially this kind of intimate stuff these kind of intimate interviews about people that knew Steve and had experienced Steve via video uh, without being able to hug them. You know, some of those interviewees for that book were coming to interview and burying their souls or crying for the interview or really telling some secrets that some of those ended up in the book. So it was a bit of a luxury to be able to finally get out of the country um, at towards the end of the pandemic and come and meet all of these cool people in sunny Arizona. It was a minor miracle that you were able to get to the States anyway, given the situation, but the, it would have not have been the same without you. If you, if you were to describe to people the role that you played in the book, the book of being, how, how do you describe it to people? I want to say court jester, because uh, if you listen back to some of those interviews, they're pretty funny. Um, <laughs> it's uh, It was a bit of a, um, a research part, a co-authorship part, although Amy Hardison has the, the literature background and the narrative background, and she just did a wonderful job transforming our 600 pages or so into something that's got this beautiful uh, pathway all the way through it with her metaphors and her, her beautiful style of writing. So yeah, I acted as a researcher for the first three or four months, just tying together thousands and thousands of pieces. There were things in there that, that you wouldn't imagine or that I didn't imagine until we came across them and then decided whether or not they should make it into a book that 
was kind of supposed to be about Steve's life, but is it about your life? It's really to be read almost as a personal development book or um, uh, less a biography and more about how you can be just by experiencing the words on those pages. Tall order, but it was a real, it was a lot of fun, Laban. Well, Matt, I've said this a few times to you before, given our relationship, and I'll continue to say this again. Thank you on behalf of not just me, but the tens of thousands of people so far that have been deeply impacted by a book that was never, ever supposed to be written. And what I find so interesting about this is that your background is not conducive typically to you being involved in this space. What is it that you do outside of this? (laughs) Again, whatever I kind of feel like, whatever seems fun playful in the moment and in this context in for this project this did seem fun and playful in the moment Uh, i am for projects that have a massive massive impact and looking back two years ago i couldn't have known the practical impacts the tangible impacts like the people that have come up to me and said that it stopped their divorce in its tracks they they transform their marriage they literally re- refreshed a relationship based on text in a book um, those kind of things are amazingly impactful so for me it was not about sales it was not about any kind of ranking it was about how can i have fun with this project and now how can i make uh, a project that is world changing and that extends to everything i do in my life so these days it's pretty much 100 percent consulting in artificial intelligence, having a play around with this um, new way of thinking, these new AIs that are able to be smarter than humans and able to push out information brighter than a prodigy, brighter than Einstein. So that kind of stuff fascinates me as well. Um, But at the end of the day, the Ultimate Coach Project was one that I felt was globally impactful and would just be an absolute blast to sit there and be able to experience the kinds of people that I got to interact with, the kinds of resources. I'm talking about journals, early writings, the the original Valentine's Day card between Steve and and Amy back in the seventies, having access to this kind of thing for me is, is an enormous amount of fun. And it was an enormous amount of fun for months. You happen to have just jumped onto this episode as your first experience as part of the Ultimate Coach podcast. Mm. You need to read the book. You need to learn about what we're talking about for this to make any shred of sense. It's really important. And it's a book, you know, people recommend books all the time, but there's not many books that you will read that have had such a profound impact on virtually all but one person that I know of that's read it. And that person, I don't know personally, but they left a hell of a review on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Good. Even the one stars are good, mate. They uh, give us some context and they still measure the popularity of the book. So you can be as scathing as you like, and you might actually prove the point that you kind of didn't get it, (laughs) especially if you're complaining about the content of the book and finding out about (laughs) someone's life when that's not really what it's about. It's uh, it's, I find it so interesting. People with that much vengeance in them have been able to get through 
a really big book. It's about an 11 hour listen on Audible, by the way. Um, and oh man, this book is just, I'm going to go one more hour, you know, like it's going to get better. It's like, but it, it's, it's profoundly impacted me. It's profoundly impacted people that I know that I've had the opportunity to meet. I've been sort of gallivanting across the United States, just connecting with people that have bought, bought me together with the ultimate coach and, and everything that Steve and Amy Hardison and yourself have been able to put together. Cause up until really a year ago, Steve Hardison was an enigma and uh, no one had ever heard of him. Now they do. Why do people need to hear about Steve Hardison? Well, I don't know if they need to hear about Steve Hardison, but again, the drive of the book is that they need to hear about themselves and you can hear about yourself from reflecting through some of the big noisy guys like the Tony Robbins or the Byron Katie's or the Oprah's, but uh, that may or may not be a little bit plasticky. What I found in my experience of Steve is that there's this authenticity and organic nature to him that he's doing and being 24 seven without anyone watching. And that kind of thing is both confronting and alarming <laughs> because, you know, human nature is or can be around selfishness from my experience of him. That just didn't occur. There was no selfishness in him. Uh, I'll tell a, a very short story about an experience I had playing around with Steve and Chris Doris and about 20 people in Arizona in Chandler, Arizona, uh, December, 2022, sorry, December 2021, at the NFL Sunday party hosted by Chris Doris. Now, if you don't know the name Chris Doris, he's the guy that, that sat in the chair in the TBO LRT NFL video, which is also worth watching. That's also a long watch, maybe two hours. But Chris hosts these NFL Sunday uh, sessions at his home. He puts on food and drinks and invites 20 people around, 30 people around. In this case, there may have been more. There's screens everywhere. You're watching the footy. Oh, sorry, they'd call it something else, the football, and uh, having a bit of a blast. So Steve and I rock up to Chris's place to experience this. And uh, we're having this experience. We're having this um, watch of the football and having some drinks and there's Philly steaks being passed out and there's uh, hamburgers and, and general good times. I'm sitting on the staircase having a conversation with someone else and there's a little, a little nook off to the side and I notice... Steve doesn't know I'm watching him. He's kind of doing this privately. There's no one else watching. Steve is literally on the floor in front of a guy in a lazy boy. And he says to the guy, put your, put your feet up on me. I'm like, what is going on over there? And Steve kind of raises up in this um, push-up position and lifts this guy's feet off the ground and then goes and talks to him privately I find out later that Steve Hardison had given Steve's own shoes to this guy. Now that kind of story (laughs) may or may not make sense the way I'm telling it. The effect was that Steve Hardison is very close to one of the most enlightened spiritual masses I know of, not just I've met because I haven't met any of them, (laughs) many of them, but that I even know of. And in fact, during the interview process of 100 plus people, several of them said on record, Steve is the personification, the living version today of a saint 
uh, some of them said he is the living version of Jesus Christ. So my experience of him is that you've got this realness about him, this genuineness and this lack of need to be in the public spotlight, like the first few people I'm, I mentioned who have a lot of the public spotlight. So I wanted to draw that out. Even if this was not a book that sold a million copies, what if we could at least keep as a written record the kinds of things that Steve Hardison gets up to <laughs> that contribute to the world and have these flow-on effects through the network um, to impact perhaps millions of lives. So that was the driver. Well, I can tell you firsthand, based on an experience at the Panama City Chamber of Commerce meeting that I attended with Tony Schmaltz, another ultimate uh, coach devotee, uh, and involved with moderating some of the Facebook stuff. We had an experience where the world's best courage coach, which I've got to attribute Mr. Steve Artison and Mr. Chris Doris and, and you indirectly as well for this creation. It was uh, people going around the room after I had started mine, uh, owning their bio and declaring in an imperfect way, their own world's best. And it was one of the most remarkable things. It was about 40 people in the room and they had these meetings eight times a year. And one of the ladies got up afterwards. She was in her, in her late fifties. She said, I have been coming to these almost nonstop for a decade. And she said, this was the best episode experience we've ever had. And I just, it was something real innocuous. It was just about, you know, I'm the world's best. That is a direct throwback from what's happened with Steve Hardison. So if that's happening in Panama City Beach, Florida, right, bitty bitty, right. what, what else is happening in the world simultaneously? It's, it really is non-quantifiable. I'd love to quantify it, though. I've said to Steve a few times, I'd love to draw out a tree map or a network map that says when he pulls over, in his car by himself and gives his jacket to a homeless guy. What is the knock on effects from that? Or when he secretly donates to someone's funeral or when he says to a Facebook friend, <laughs> a Facebook friend who's not even an acquaintance, uh, call me, call me and I'll, I'll set aside 30 minutes for you. And then that changes their relationship with their partner, with their family, with their children. And then those people go out, impact a few dozen more people. And then perhaps there's a flow on effect from that. So you've got children, grandchildren, great grandchildren in this network map. It's easily millions of people. And that, that I would love to visualize. I would love to see that. And I would imagine that every day it's hundreds or thousands of people just from my experience with him, just from my interactions with him and how he, speaks to a CVS, like a pharmacy or chemist employee or um, someone at a gardening center. <laughs> we got to have some cool experiences. Just his day-to-day -day conversation is unlike any I've ever experienced and it's always impactful. Um, and I don't know why, I don't know how, even after writing this book, <laughs> I still can't explain how he is like that or why he is like that. But uh, there is some fascinating stuff happening there. You are, you've had an opportunity to spend 
some formal coaching time together. What was that experience like for you? Still undefinable, as in I still can't put words to that. So I started coaching with Steve in his office in Arizona in November 2021, I believe, and we wrapped up in January 2022. What happened in that room over those 10 hours was conversational. There were elements that I can recall that were uh, explanatory, that had metaphor in them, that were drawing on my life experiences as well as his. There were um, elements in there that I could say, right, here's what happened. Here's the step-by-step. But that doesn't explain how I've changed <laughs> literally four or five months later and not being able to explain it as a one-to-one. You know what I mean? How am I more karma? Or how am I more calm or how am I more peaceful just from having a conversation? Even with everything I know about coaching, I can't explain how the, what happened in that room, the conversation that happened in that room mapped to a way of being in the world that is phenomenally different to the Alan November 2021 version. It's, it's like an upgrade, but I can't tell you the change log for that upgrade. <laughs> well, I think we'll have to follow up on this episode, maybe six, 12 months from now and, and uh, reassess how things are tracking in your life. And it wouldn't it be wonderful just going back on that, the visual, the ripple effect for you to, it, well, whether it's you or someone else that creates a visual demonstration of this ripple effect of Steve Hardison with some kind of light show with some kind of classical music playing in the background. It might be better than <laughs> Guy Fawkes Day. What do you reckon? He doesn't want classical music. I reckon we'd have to set it to one of the Rolling Stones tracks. Mate. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's be serious here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder what the likelihood of getting the Rolling Stones to write a song for Steve Hardison would be. Well, interesting you say that. Not the Stones, but he has had a song written for him. That song is available uh, in the complete extras page that we designed for um, a behind the scenes of the book, if you like. It's the ultimate coach extras.com. And so there are four or 500 pages in the ultimate coach book, right? You can go and read that and listen to that and read it again, read it again, read it again. But in the research phase, we found the equivalent of maybe 4,000 pages. And I didn't want to throw that all out. I didn't want to throw out the cool interviews and the photos and the journals and the deleted chapters and the chapters that are too offensive to be published in a, in a modern day book. So we kept it, we drew it all out and we put it into an online platform. And in that online platform, theultimatecoachextras.com is a song specifically written for Steve. And uh, it's probably worth having a listen to that because it was, it was really interesting to hear the process for writing that as well as the performance of writing that. Wow. Is, is it anyone that, that, that we would know in the mainstream music or is it a slightly less? Uh, I don't know. In fact, I can't even name who that is right now. I could go and look it up, but because there's 4,000 things in my head, it's kind of dropped out of my head. <laughs> I've put you on the spot there. It might be Millie Vanilli. Yeah. That'd be funny. <laughs> Is that really you, Millie? 
I think the song was called Big Hearted and the lyrics inside Big Hearted are just amazing. So the, the performance of the song and the lyrics are listed at theultimatecoachextras.com. Fantastic. And where, where else can people find the book of being? The book of being the ultimate coach is easiest to just go to theultimatecoach.com and click a link to grab the book. Of course, you can search for it on Amazon, The Ultimate Coach. It has a very simple cover. It's a white exclamation mark on a black background and a not so simple um, read. It's four or five pages, four or 500 pages of reading, but it's actually a simple concept, which is who are you being rather than what are you doing or how much are you earning? It's who do you need to be to get to where you want to go or to have what you want to have or to be who you want to be? Who do you have to be to be that person? That's a really simple concept, but it probably takes some examples and some explaining to get there. So Steve encourages people to read the back of the book, which gives a few questions to ask while you're reading it, as well as his brief introduction. And if you're listening to the audible version, you get to hear Steve Hardison speaking the introduction uh, into this mic, actually. (laughs) So you get to hear him in your ear. No disrespect to the audiobook voice artist, but I still think Hardison should have done the audiobook. That's just my <laughs> humble opinion. And I think the opinion of a few other people as well, he's got such a great voice. Mm-hmm. It's just so warm and comforting, like chocolate milk, heated chocolate I'm milk. Sure, I'm sure he'd love to hear that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of people don't like the sound of their own voice. I don't think that's Steve. But there's, there's an energy in his voice that I, I love being around. And, and uh, he's prolific on social media. So if, if you want to get involved in the Facebook group, like it's astonishing how much uh, energy and effort he puts into staying active on there and liking and commenting and, like you say, messaging and jumping on. I don't I, uh, He could be an AI. <laughs> Is that he's certainly got more than two hands. Look, I know that he doesn't have any personal assistance. Uh, he could probably keep 20 personal assistants busy. But what he does is just always give. So he's either on the phone in a paid coaching session in his office or speaking via email or speaking via Facebook message or with his wife or with his family. I don't know how he packs all that into a a 24-hour day, but he is able to do it somehow. And it means that he's not those plastical, plasticky self-help gurus. He's not inaccessible. He's not closed off. He doesn't have gatekeepers. He is his real, authentic, genuine self. Uh, and while you might need a million dollars to coach with him, to formally coach with him under an agreement, you don't need that to have a conversation with him or to, to uh, essentially spend some time with him or ask him a question. He's just that giving. And, you know, that may or may not change <laughs> as he uh, approaches retirement age. But I, I know that all the way along, certainly for the last few decades, he's been the most giving person that I can think of. Incredible. Yeah, fantastic, Alan. And I think he gets a lot of his energy, as I do, and I'm sure you do as well, from the response, the, the positive feedback loop from giving from service. So I don't know that he'll ever slow down unless he's forced to. 
I don't know. It's yeah, just that's my an thought. interesting point. Yeah, he does get a lot from service, and it's not that he wants the recognition or the acknowledgement. I, I've seen that that's not important to him. If he needs acknowledgement, he'll give it to himself, often out loud. Steve, I acknowledge you for doing this. He doesn't yeah. wait for his wife to say it or his uh, or his friends to say it or his clients to say it. He'll go and set that into his own mind and his own being rather than relying on external. Um, but it's not that he needs people watching him <laughs> when he's giving things to people or, or providing these acts of service. That's just who he is. And I can't tell you what the mechanism is and what he gets back from that or if he gets anything back from that. But I can tell you that he does that 24-7. Yeah, I can vouch for that in my experience of being around Steve Hardison and just the impact he's had on the world as well. It's mind-blowing mind just what it's had, the impact it's had on my life. And I will forever be grateful for that. Alan, we could talk about the stuff all day and all night and maybe we'll do that over multiple episodes over the course of this podcast series. But do you have any final thoughts for the audience today? Well, I didn't give an amazing context on the book, but what I do want to say about the book is that, and you mentioned this earlier, we would have had sales of tens of thousands of copies. There is a copy in Antarctica, which means that it's on all seven continents. There is a chapter that is being sent to the moon, which means it's uh, kind of universal. Uh, you can read the 100-plus interviews on Amazon. Oh, sorry, 100-plus reviews on Amazon. And it features 100-plus interviews inside the book. So you can hear these various perspectives from people that uh, have experienced Steve as a coach or Steve as a friend or Steve as a, a dad <laughs> or Steve as a partner because Amy Hardison, as his wife, uh, wrote the book alongside my research. So it's a book that I think will live on for quite a while. I've had some people describe it as the modern day Bible. I've had some people say, again, that it changed their lives, that it has changed how they show up in the world, uh, how they approach their marriage, how they talk to their children, how they show up at work, what they do through how they be. So the book I was not aiming for sales, but the book out there is doing really, really well. It's, it's around the world. It's in multiple languages. You can listen to it. You can experience it. But uh, as Steve said, don't read it as a biography. Read it about who you would need to be to have this kind of thing written about you. How would you need to be to have these kinds of experiences? Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Alan B. Thompson. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation, please share this podcast with them. Also, we invite you to visit theultimatecoachbook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach Book, and more. Simply go now to www.theultimatecoachbook.com. That's www.theultimatecoachbook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be you.